I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. I'm here with the Chicago-born, Los Angeles-based artist, Lefty Out There. He studied music in Chicago. His work is influenced by techno, by social mores such as community. He works in the vein of Keith Haring, Cleon Peterson, Retina. We're dealing with an artist who makes nonverbal language. First thing is he hears things and he tries to visualize what he hears. His ambition is to cover the world with his mark making and we're talking to him ahead of his first London show. Hello Lefty, how are you? Hey, how are you doing Maeve? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and also it's remarkable because I know you work through the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling this morning and what time did you wrap up? Fantastic. Um, just a couple hours ago. It's probably better that I don't say. <laughs> about about six, you know, but that's pretty typical. You know, being an artist, there's a lot to do, tight deadlines all the time, so we're always just pushing, you know. The other thing about you is you're very team-oriented, and I know it's important to you to be a nice guy. Sometimes the day-to-day life of, of saying hello and, and coffee runs and lunches makes it impossible to switch over to that kind of creative way of thinking. Is that part of the reason you like to work at night? Do you have more freedom? Yeah, there's so much more freedom. You know, the daytime usually usually uh, bogged up with emails and calls, and, you know, there's a lot of distractions during the day. So naturally, whenever it becomes the evening time and everyone else stops working, that really gives you time to breathe, time to create. Um, I don't know. I, I also, I've always had a different layout of the day. Like, a lot of people like to work on the early side and then chill at night. I'd, I'd rather do the opposite. I'd want to get the distractions out of the way. And then this way I can get busy. So usually if, if I wake up, I'll wake up by, you know, 10, 11. I'll watch TV, eat breakfast slowly, chill, do my thing. And then this way I'll, I'm like, okay, now I've, I've hung out. I've done what I want to do. Maybe I'll, like, go see a friend or something. And now I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get the day going. And, and my mind always is much clearer at night. It's, it's crazy. I wake up, I feel like I forgot everything. And then it's like you're re-remembering everything all day. And then at the nighttime, I'm like on it, you know, 100%. And I'm witness to that. Last yes. night was, was incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hang on that point for a moment because I think uh, where, you, where you were born and how you were raised plays a lot into your, uh, your principles and your values as an artist. Uh, can you talk about that a, a bit, about where you were born, how you were raised, and, and yeah. what your principles are as an artist in terms of p- team and community? Yes. Um, so, yes, I'm from America. I grew up and was born and raised in Chicago. My parents are both immigrants of, of America. My dad was born and raised in Sicily. My mom is born and raised in Poland. So I think that that had a very, very large effect on how I act, everything that I do, my work ethic. Um, they were they were very traditional. They the way that they raised me and very hardworking. They both worked uh, eighty plus hour weeks. You know, my my family owned restaurants growing up, m- multiple. So they were constantly working. You know, and I so from a very early age, I was uh, shown what it what it's like to really work hard and how that pays off as well. Coming from where you came from, uh, and and the music industry, which is about bringing people together to sort of share and think about culture, what role do you think the visual artist has in society today? 
I think that visual artists have a huge role, almost too big of a role, in my opinion. A, a lot of people draw a lot of inspiration um, about all things across their life from visual artists. You know, we have a very powerful voice. People are looking, millions of people are looking at what we do. Um, and a lot of artists are very derivative about their thoughts and about their processes. And, you know, a lot of people incorporate a lot of political and religious backgrounds in their work. I mean, you're, you're pushing your message and, and your vision onto subliminally onto however many people are seeing it. And that's that's insanely powerful. And, and I mean, I don't think a lot of people know how much power that is. <clears throat> but that's why, personally, I really want to leave the work up to the viewer's interpretation. I try not to to cloud, you know, even though it has a meaning to me, I think that it's ambiguous enough that it has its own meaning to whoever's looking at it. With my paintings, like, I sit there sometimes and I, I see a finished piece and I'm like, what if I just, like, scribbled a sentence on there? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I'm so tempted to do it, but nothing ever feels right. It never does. I, I admire your lack of narrative. And if, if I were to describe your work, I would say it's, it's devoid of a narrative but the pattern in itself is something very human. It almost looks like a science mm -hmm. experiment, which, of course, is the root of all humanity. I think the patterning, how do we talk about that? Where did that come from? When you say you studied music, I can see a rhythm in all of your work. Definitely. <clears throat> I actually draw to the rhythm. You know what I mean? A lot of, I don't think a lot of people know that, but sometimes I'm I actually counting it in my head. One, two, three, four, two, two not so much like quick motions it's it's more to once you get your body in that metronome you know i'm i'm taking what i learned growing up my roots in music and applying that to visual art um so that's that's definitely changed it a little bit well, i think where we're going with this is it's difficult to talk about visual work when it's not when you're not in front of it but what it can do and that's why I think the interviews are important is it can make you think about things before you see them. And one of the uh, entry points into your work, I think, would be to talk a little bit about your influences and go back to three visual artists who inform your work or motivate you or when you get caught in a creative block, you go to for solutions because I know you read, you're well read and you study everything. Yes, um, I'd say, you know, one of the main artists that I'm really influenced by is Philippe Pantone. Um, he's so innovative with his creativity and his the different vehicles that he pushes the work. He he's very heavy on on the visual side. He he has animations. He has products. He also created this website where you basically collaborate with him and make your own piece. He's just really innovative about his presentation and how you can see his art. You know, he has many different things like that. So how would people see his work? Because I, I heard Everywhere. about him because we yeah. did a phone interview before and I looked him up. But what's his Instagram if someone wants to check into what it's, he's doing? It's at, at Philippe Pantone. Perfect. Felipe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really impressive. Uh, obviously, Cleon Peterson, I'm, I'm also a huge fan of him. I have a massive tattoo of his on my back. <laughs> I can uh, see that. Yes. Yeah. I can see that. That's lovely. Yeah, like that kind of pattern. It's also patterning cool, cool that rhythm. I've been able to, to to see him and show him the tattoo. He's he's seen it. You know what I mean. And he is a great person. He's a very talented artist. I, I love the aesthetic that he has. It's it's very much my my vein of uh, high contrast. You know. And back you know back to kind of what the pattern is. That's it. It, it, it is like my innate like creation like I feel like it represents my personality like if you had to visually describe who I am as a person like this pattern is it 
Um, and it is very like derivative of music and how things just naturally flow. Like that's that's what I want to create, and that's what I want to inspire people to do is to flow and to be and you know exist. And um, the pattern itself is very is very busy. You know, organized chaos is is a great way to describe that. And that that's also like how I feel about myself sometimes. You know, um, you know, there, there's one artist that I'm actually pretty excited. He he's going to be at the show. It's this guy Gary Strange is his Instagram. Um, Gary MSK. He does like typography op art. Um, so again, it's very touching with with the, the lines. You know, like he does really cool transformations of words. Like where you can't even you don't even know that they're words unless you really look at it. It's like it's like a circle. Like so, if, I haven't told him this yet, but I want to get a tattoo of his <laughs> as well <laughs> uh, on my chest because he has this piece that says order and chaos, and it's, it just makes this circle. And the letters are like. Basically, the entire half of the circle is one letter, and they're really, really thin. And you know, looking at it, you just think it was this beautiful op art circle. But then, when you really look at it, you're like, "Oh my God, that's words!" You know what I mean? And and the balance of it, the power of like how, the vibrancy of the lines, like I love that. You know, I'm I'm always like very inspired by uh, old school op artists, like people from '70s and the '80s when they were really just, you know, the the more intense something looks, the more I'm intrigued by it you know I, I like it's like a, a like a bug with lights I see it and I literally just can't stop staring at it and I, I see I see them all you know I see everything like because I think like I literally see things more detailed and closer than you know anyone and when you say literal I remember this about you the last time we met you actually have different vision than yes. other people it's been diagnosed that you have different vision yeah slightly above average you know 2020 is the average and you know I have 2010 or above so that's you know proven <laughs> so my observations of being with you the few times I have been is that your art isn't limited to the studio if you walk mm -hmm. down the street with with lefty he will stop and you'll lose him for a minute because you're quickly putting your mark on the surface of a wall or a building or a door frame and the second you walked into the studio you said politely hello to everyone but what you really wanted to see is where you could make your next mark mm -hmm. and you noticed the wall at the back of Soho radio yeah. so if 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 this there's no switch off for you there's no off button <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, there's nothing more to say about that, but you're always on. The studio is just another place where you create. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hardly feel like I do switch that that off. You know, the only time I do is when I'm, you know, partying or like going out with friends. That that's my that's my shut off. That's when I try to, you know, and I love those moments because, you know, being an artist, it's it's a double edged sword because it's it's amazing to be so on all the time, but it's also like a curse because. Like you said, I can't walk somewhere without thinking about drawing on it. It's cra it's crazy. Yeah, you know? I like it. And 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 it it doesn't help that I have you know twenty stickers in my pocket of varying sizes. You know what I mean? Markers. I I don't leave the house without a couple spray cans, masks, gloves, like cha like change of a shirt, like my like graffiti clothes. You know what I mean? Like I literally go everywhere with that stuff no no matter what. And it, I could be going to somebody's house, you know, somebody's house for a dinner party. I still have that stuff. So people going to the show on Thursday, what do you need to tell them about the show? Why are they going? Why are they leaving their homes to go to your opening on Thursday night at Maddox Gallery? Uh, I, I want people to be inspired, really. You know, I want you to get lost in the paintings. I want you to sit in front of them and, and just let your mind wander. You know what I mean? Stare. Sometimes when you're, when you're looking at something busy like that, you can just drift off and just, just go where it takes you. You know, trust in the flow. Don't force it. 
go and just be inspired and by the vibrancy. You know, it's there's gonna be there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of lines in the space. You know, if you really accumulate all of them, that's that's one thing that's crazy is like you look at it and you don't realize how many lines there are on each of these pieces. You know, and I, I I can't even count because you can't you physically can't count because you can't not get lost because there's there's no there's no grid. It's it's so fluid. So you end up tripping up the counting. I've tried many times. It's a lot going on. There's there's you're gonna feel the energy when you walk in. It's literally fucking vibrating. Perfect. And the thing that that I uh, thank you for that because this idea of op art and opticals reminds me of Bridget Riley who's at the Hayward Gallery at the moment and she's in her 80s now and she was dealing with Aubard in the 70s and 80s and as part of what happens when you look at the lines vibrating and the lines moving is your consciousness does shift and what Bridget Riley partially what she was trying to do was create a transcendental drug-like experience with vision and with looking at all parts. So the visuals can shake you out of one way of thinking or shake you out of conditioning and have the same effect that that sort of uh, hallucinogenics can have where they take you through doorways of perception. And I, I get this feeling that you're on a path like that. I could be wrong, but I think that somehow you want to shift consciousness with your work. Definitely. You, good. The other thing is uh, the, the partnership with luxury brands is part of the the journey that hip hop and graffiti has made from the streets of New York or Brooklyn or New Jersey what was your relationship with luxury branding um i've i've had a lot of great opportunities to work with amazing brands like for instance nike you know you know what i mean like growing up and being in that world looking, did you collaborate with nike i have yes what did you do um, i did a installation art piece for the nike air maxes can you talk about because miami art fair is on everyone's mind or miami art basel can you talk about your opportunity with chopard at miami what mm -hmm. happened there because miami of course is a is a branding marketing dream for people yes i, I collaborated with chopard watches um, we made 11 limited edition watches that were engraved on the back of the face. We also embossed the leather band, and I decorated the packaging. Like it comes in like a really intense box, and you know I, I decked that out as well. And the piece, uh, it also correlated with the print release as well. So there was eleven in rose gold and two in what was the nine, it was nine in uh, stainless steel and two in rose gold so the the idea for anyone listening is the watch companies are setting themselves up to be additions limited editions and limited edition art pieces. This is phenomenal mm -hmm. for an artist. I mean, outside of the gallery to be able to partner with a luxury brand like that. And the other thing is it's phenomenal for the luxury brand to infuse a youth market. So business-wise, it's great business. It's it's super admirable, too. You know, that's the thing is like some people are like, oh, you're you're working with McDonald's. You know, that, that has a sour taste, but like who cares? Like that's it's super cool that they're reaching out this far and and like you said, incorporating youth artists. Like they don't need to do that. They are doing fine on their own. They don't need to have anyone like me come in. But they're they're giving me money to live my life and to keep creating. That's that's ro that's that's rebellious. I think you know brands like Facebook, Nike, Google. Like they don't need to do that. I have to let you get back to the studio. I'm afraid. Yes. Goodbye, Lefty. Thank you.
You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm Maddox Gallery's Artistic Director. I'm also BBC Radio London art critic. I'm a curator for Paddle 8. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.